welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. All right, so this week we thought we'd take a look at the uh, financial results that came out, I think, just over a week ago now. Um, I'm not really one to get too into the kind of quarterly earnings calls. Uh, it's gotten to the point where the numbers for me seem seem almost unfathomable. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's good to um, sort of take a broad look at things, see where uh, see where the numbers fell relative to each other, um, and what we can what we can take from that as uh, sort of one man indie dev shops and uh, and see where we go because you know time is our most precious resource. So anywhere that uh, we can get some indication of where that's best spent, then uh, I'm I'm certainly going to be uh, all eyes and ears. Um, so before we start, Dave, I suppose we should probably acknowledge the fact that Apple have just crossed the market cap of a trillion dollars. I know. <laughs> trillion dollars. How many zeros is that? Twelve? Twelve zeros? Yeah, I think so. Uh, this is it. It's getting to the stage where off the top of my head, I can't really tell you exactly how many zeros that's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thousand um, billion dollars. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah, so it's got to be. I mean, whichever way you slice it. Uh, you know, Apple hater, Apple fanboy, it's pretty damn impressive, right? Like, uh, especially when you sort of compare and contrast to where things were, you know, almost exactly 20 years ago. Um, yeah, there's a whole different story. Um, yeah. So should we, uh, should we dive into, to, to where things, to where things were with the, with the call? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, looking at things for me, some of the things that really kind of jumped out were the sort of scale of the different aspects of Apple sort of to one of to one another. So if you look at sort of like the revenue from the last quarter, um, iPhones clocking in as around just under 30 billion. And then every other category added up together, which is Mac watch iPad services. Um, and I think watch is actually kind of blended with it, um, AirPods. It's wearables as yeah. a category, but all of the other categories together do not add up to the amount of the iPhone. I think they miss it by sort of four, four or five million, four or five billion or so. So, yeah, the iPhone is still sort of well over 50% of, of total revenue there. Pretty incredible. Um, yeah, so what was the total revenue? Just checking my notes here. $53.3 billion. Um, and yep. when you compare that to the, the same quarter last year, that's up by 17%. So I guess in broad strokes, it's good to know that Apple isn't immediately doomed, despite what yep. some headlines <laughs> might want might to tell us. Um, yeah, so I guess what iPhones were up slightly um, compared to the year ago quarter. So forty one point three million iPhones sold versus just forty one million the year ago quarter. iPads up slightly, um, although it, it you say slightly, it's still loads. <laughs> it's like eleven point four two million last year versus eleven point five five million. Um, looks small, but when you're dealing in those kind of numbers, it's still a lot. So yeah, I guess iOS devices are still growing, um, albeit not at kind of hockey stick rates that perhaps they once were, but growing nevertheless. I think it's important to keep in mind that this is the quarter before we're expecting to see refreshed devices, both from the iPhone and the iPad. So it wouldn't surprise me to see kind of growth accelerate a little bit more in the next two quarters when those devices are announced, um, as in iPhone in the uh, as in the quarter we're in now and the iPad in the next. Um, yep. But I think basically the takeaway from that is that it's a pretty good time to be an iOS developer. Um, just in terms of iPhones alone, that's 41.3 million new devices that are out in the world. 
ready to take our apps. So that has to be a good thing, no? Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think for me, this this sort of throws a bit of light on the lens of like, well, okay, do I develop for iOS? Do I develop for the Mac? Do I develop something for the watch or whatever? And I think if if you look at it, the scale of everything um, within what Apple is op- offering here and what they're actually selling it's all a case of I think you should go iPhone first if you've only got one effort. Yeah, you know, for for any kind of um, any kind of app that could be done in multiple environments, I think the iPhone, yep, that has to be your 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 target environment. Um, and I think most people know that, and this is kind of a given. Um, but it was also interesting to sort of see that that Tim Cook actually said. Um, something within the conference call that nodded back to the Mac, which was um, a case of, um, I think he, he mentioned marzipan, uh, perhaps in everything but name. He said something along the lines of, um, as for the future of the Mac, um, there's the project to make it easier for iOS developers to bring their apps to the Mac. So I think just that sort of hat tip, it, it kind of indicates, well, that's that's part of how Apple, I think, sees future growth for applications on the Mac. And I think we, we've spoken about this quite a few times before, but I think that also indicates the sort of future development of Mac OS in, to some degree. E- even though I don't think AppKit is necessarily going away anytime soon um, and, and sort of more traditional ways of making Mac apps, I think um, whatever Marzipan ends up sort of being overall in the end, um, this sort of bringing of UI kits and everything else to the Mac, um, I think that represents the sort of greater future that apple is imagining there yeah it's interesting you say about how iphone should be like your top priority you know couldn't, couldn't agree more the iphone is my top priority then it kind of goes ipad then it goes mac but the cool thing is is with universal apps you can get a lot of the way there with the ipad with not too much effort I and mean, if i had to make a whole separate app for the ipad i think i would struggle to justify it uh, especially as a one-man shop which is essentially why I think I've never gotten into Mac development. The incentive just isn't there. Now with Marzipan coming, this could all turn around. All of the platforms could then start to feel the benefit of sort of our iPhone development efforts um, that could, you know, then in turn help the Mac and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely where, where they're seeing Mac growth at the moment. It's just a case of, of sitting tight, I think. Although when you do look at the numbers, Macs are down by about how much are they down by about 600,000 I think so this time last right. year the year ago quarter they were selling 4.29 million max and now they're down to 3.72 it's a fairly big chunk um I would say there is the possibility there that that's kind of um a bias in terms of when they released the new the new MacBook Pros um I seem to remember I think they were a little earlier last year and and that might have have done something to to that figure there yeah I I think you're right um Although it just doesn't play well in with the narrative that Apple doesn't care about the Mac, um, no. despite Apple's comments to the contrary. And I think a lot of it has also got to do with the fact that a large part of the Mac lineup has been considerably out of date <laughs> throughout this quarter, um, which could account for the slowdown. I mean, if you just quickly like whiz across the range, you've got the MacBook Air. To me, it's it's just like a mystery how that is still a product in their lineup in 2018. The MacBook, the 12-inch MacBook, was last updated, uh, was it Dub Dub last year? So that's, well, that's over a year old now, right? And uh, then, of course, you got the MacBook Pros. They were, I think they were literally just updated, so I think that means that they aren't reflected in these numbers. The Mac Pro, well, that's kind of 
you know, like a bit of a dead duck that's not coming until next year the iMac Pro while it's new it's very expensive in its niche so think back to when they uh, had that kind of little roundtable meeting about the pro market I think they said that desktop Macs were single digit uh, a single digit percentage of all Macs sold mm-hmm. so yep. if you sort of take the iMac Pro which represents the highest end niche part of that single digit percent it's kind of unlikely that's going to move the needle on the numbers much and then you kind of end up with the mac mini and it's you know the same thing really it's like how is uh how has that not been updated so when you look at the range it's not it's not, it doesn't really yep. look good does it i mean i know they've, they've it, just it done the macbook pros but you know i mean if, if you look at um the buyer's guide on mac rumors their their mac section um macbook mac air macbook air um they're all clusters as red. In fact, everything is either red or neutral, and then only one category is green, which is the MacBook Pro. Yeah. So that's in terms of like their recommendation for um, it's just been updated, so buy it now, or it's mid-cycle, so it's neutral, or it's not been updated in ages, so it's red, don't buy. Um, you know, out of um, seven different uh, Mac classes that they've got listed there only one of them is in the green and that's the macbook pros that have just been updated so yeah absolutely um everything is is aging um and is in this sort of like um kind of marooned position for the mac Mm. i think in terms of revenue and what that's bringing to apple it, it kind of looks to me more like the mac is just sort of stable rather than necessarily diminishing awfully or or it's certainly not growing you know, so uh, it kind of looks like the Mac is almost in this sort of holding position um, compared to other areas in the business. Um, that actually sort of comes through a little bit in terms of the statement from Tim Cook at the, the top of their sort of press release, um, where he sort of opens with saying that it's um, they're thrilled to report their best March quarter ever um, with strong revenue growth in iPhone services and wearables. And I mean, he couldn't talk about revenue growth for the Macs. It wasn't there. Um, but just having those three grouped together kind of looks to me like, well, that's actually quite a very clear um, display of sort of where Apple's mindset is at these days, I think. You know, iPhone services and wearables. Yeah, I you look at the Mac lineup and you think, how how could that lineup have produced any growth? I mean, it's, it's so uh, kind of neglected at this point. Um, I know there's like Mac Pros in the works and no doubt there's loads of other stuff in the works. But so, yeah, I, I look at what, you know, the, the the numbers that we've seen and I look at what you know, the current state of the Mac lineup and that there has to be some change coming soon, surely. Um, I mean, the MacBook Pros have been taken care of for now, which is fine. Um, but again, the fact they've still got the MacBook Air hanging around and the non-touch bar MacBook Pros were left out from this last round of updates that i mean i don't know where you you stand on this but it makes me think that we could be seeing kind of like a a rethink on the lower end range of macbooks um which i think would kind of tidy up a lot of this you know mess i suppose for want of a better word that we've got in in the mac lineup kind of that sort of if they can hit something around like 999 um with a retina screen sort of 13 inch ish some somewhere around there um yeah with, with some ports <laughs> um th- i think that that could be uh that could be a nice little solution um I, th- I think the bottom line is this will correct itself in due course um but i think we're going to need some action on apple's part first i don't 
I don't think this is going to kind of course correct organically, um, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I, I do. And I think um, as well as that, there's a larger kind of um, shift uh, within computing in general as well that the Mac sort of sits inside of. And I think um, PC sales and, and laptop sales and that sort of thing outside of the Mac um, have actually been uh, tracking downwards as more and more people are sort of just using their phone for a lot of things. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's this wider kind of shift going on there as well. Um, so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think it will will sort of course correct on its own. This is something that Apple needs to sort of do something in the area to kind of sort of stoke the fire up again. Um, I think something that Apple traditionally have been quite good at as well is sort of... Um, kind of cannibalizing their own products and eating eating their own lunch sort of thing and uh, with what they do um rather than have somebody else come in and do it for them so if you're sort of talking a, a kind of cheaper mac that's potentially um i mean I, i'm envisioning this would be sort of the advent of, of an arm mac that's been kind of rumored and, and proposed um that then starts to cross over into um ipad territory in terms of the the technology underneath it Mm-hmm. Um, the, ch- the chip and that end of stuff. Um, if this is also something that's perhaps you know heavily marzipan focused, you know in terms of the the app experience and the things that are, that it runs and does, um, which it might do. You know this might be some sort of big way of differentiating this this new thing from the rest of the lineup overall. You know maybe there's a touchscreen on the go in there or something different in that sort of sense. Um, if that's the case, you know, I think Apple would, would sooner take the hit on taking away some of the other Mac sales and taking away some of the iPad Pro sales, um, you know, simply so that they are still making the sale and they're, they're, they're kind of owning that, that end of things. Um, and I think that's represented outside of Apple in terms of sort of stuff that's going on within the, the Microsoft Surface and those sort of devices. So, you know, perhaps there's something there in, in sort of, whatever innovation they need to do within within the mac that kind of comes in 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 that end of the market um so yeah i I guess i'm I'm kind of envisioning this now a little bit more like um a surface killer rather than necessarily like a a completely new direction for the mac or or whatever you know Mm. and i suppose if it were to kind of fall under the macbook label if you like um then there could be some clear separation between the MacBook and the MacBook Pro. Because at the moment, yep. if you look at like the iMac and the iMac Pro, the iMac Pro really is a Pro machine. I mean, you've only got to look at the CPUs they use and, and the ECC RAM and, and all the rest of it. Um, whereas you look at the MacBooks and it almost looks like the Pro is just there as some kind of marketing tool. It's it's, it's not like the the Pro MacBooks have got kind of defining features within them that kind of make them pro they're just like yeah they're really nice laptops and they're really good but it's what makes them pro relative to the laptops that don't have the macbook pro in the name if, you, if, you, if you're following um I, I am and i mean i think i would argue that there are things within the pro that, that sort of makes them appealing um on the pro level um but i think what i'm, I'm getting from you there and i do agree with this that the jump from the sort of base models if you like from from the lower end to the top end is not such a massive leap as it is within the iMac sure yeah i think that's the point i was i was trying to trying to make yeah, yeah. 
Um, I suppose uh, that then gives them a license if they wanted to try something like you say, like a Surface Killer or you know, like something with a touchscreen with an ARM CPU. Do that yeah. under the banner of just MacBook, and I think that then gives them a lot more freedom to experiment. And then you've still got the MacBook Pros for kind of people like me and you that are going to get all cranky when we see something that isn't quite what we're used to. We're like, oh, we want our Mac back. You know, that's fine. You've still got your Macs, you know, because you are the pros that need the MacBook Pros. And then everyone else who maybe doesn't need all the stuff that we need and doesn't have the same priorities that we have, they can be served under the banner of the MacBook. And I think that would make a lot more sense as well, just in terms of the way the machines are positioned to their kind of potential markets. Yeah, absolutely. I I think whatever they do um, within the Mac, I I think it would be healthy for them to be doing something that's kind of um, kind of separate to the rest of the lineup as it stands today in some fashion. Yeah, I think like you know what you're saying there with um, with taking the MacBook name and then maybe doing something um, within that sort of class. that makes a lot of sense. I, I think having something that's new and innovative, but is also priced and scaled at an end that is kind of mass market. Yeah. Um, I mean, it won't be mass mass market because it'll still be fairly expensive, I imagine. But you know, sort of in that kind of um, more sort of iPad Pro kind of cost. Um, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then, like you say, and then for people that sort of that kind of thing the idea of that makes their skin crawl it's like that's fine you guys can chill out because you've still got the MacBook Pros and that's why they're there for people like you that, that need those you know high power tools that more of a traditional computer that w- that we've been used to that we need for our workflows to, to get our work done but for you know like the the consumer end of the market and it does seem there is I keep hearing like increasing sort of murmurs and, and desires of kind of like a touch screen laptops kind of an iPad that is a laptop running iOS kind of thing. It's like, oh, but maybe, maybe that could happen and under the banner of MacBook that kind of allows them the freedom to, to do that. Yeah. And I mean, as, as, as developers, you know, okay, we, we may look at those machines and kind of go, well, well, that's not really for me. I can't see myself using Xcode on that all day. Ha ha ha. But, this if if they do do something like that i think it's going to be good for people to take pause and kind of sort of think about what that means because if it opens up a market for you to develop applications for you know and 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 if these things if they do innovate in this area and it becomes quite quite popular again you know i'm kind of thinking like a resurgence of of where things were at when we had the um the original iMacs and the iBooks and that sort of thing you know th- those machines were were really popular and really aspired to by a lot of people. Um, if Apple do something like that, then I think we as developers need to sort of take a look and go, well, okay, even if that's not my my workhorse, you know, how can I make something for that environment that other people are going to use? How can I open up this this device in a way that, um, you know, other people are not doing or whatever? What's, what's my angle here? Um, because all of these things, right? I mean, okay, we've talked about iPhone first because it's such a big chunk of of the overall uh, market and everything that Apple is doing. You know, it's over fifty percent of, of revenue and all of that. But all of these other areas are still represented by a lot of people buying devices, having uses for them. You know, you, um, everything bar services basically in that sort of breakdown is a potential area that you could develop an app for um 
So I think it's important to look at anything that is new and, and anything that, that may sort of feel a bit like, well, that's not really for me. Well, if it is actually for a reasonable amount of other people, it's still a potential market. And and that's that's a good thing. You know, having potential markets across all of these areas is a good thing. And I mean, there's there's even the potential there in terms of services. If you think about things like the uh, the type of things that services enable you as a developer to do, um, if you're using um, you know some of the cloud kit stuff mm-hmm. um, and that end of things, you know the, the, there's potential across all of it. Yeah, and so I think the point I was trying to get to um, there before though is that even though I've said like iPhone first because it is so big, if you can think of something interesting within the Mac or you can think of something interesting within the watch, you know, with those things being like smaller scale compared to everything else, it's pot- the potential there to, as a dev to kind of be the bigger fish with a really good idea is perhaps greater. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Y- there's this sort of pros and cons either way, but I think if, if you've got, I still stand by, if you've got kind of one shot of, of effort, you know, you've got like maybe, you're putting half hour, an hour a day on a side project or something, then I think that sort of focus should be looking at um, looking at the iPhone first. Yeah, and the only the only thing I guess I would say to that is, um, you know, w- with Marzipan, maybe we uh, we won't need to take that view because um, you can still take the iPhone first uh, approach as you just said, and then without too much more work hopefully um, we can get a mac app out of it as well um and it's i was looking at the percentages of the revenue that iphone and ipad together brought in so ios brought in and that's 65 percent of their quarterly revenue came from that and the mac made 10 percent. yeah so when you look at it like that it's like well the mac almost looks dwarfed by by ios so i think you know, seeing it, seeing it in that in those numbers, it think made made me think that actually, yeah, if if I'm gonna invest anything in the Mac, I it, they need you know I need some help from Apple to kind of make it worth my while, and if I can take you know the same kind of toolkit from the iPhone and iPad, which obviously represent sixty five percent of their revenue, and then roll that out to to the Mac, then that then sort of brings it up to seventy five percent of their revenue is is kind of represents where i can develop but at the moment i i just don't feel like i can when the mac only represents kind of 10 percent. it it just seems like common sense to to stay away from it at this point right i think i think so if, if you've like I say if you've got a limited amount of effort um the bigger market is elsewhere and yeah the line of travel here looks like um just in terms of what apple are talking about and what they're doing that the Mac is going to open up very shortly over this next year to iOS developers anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. It's important to remember, though, isn't it, that you know, even though the Mac, is, like we're saying here, well, the Mac's only 10%, so it's not worth bothering. I mean, if you were just to split the Mac out and make it into its own company, it would still yep. be a phenomenally huge company. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think Tim Cook said years ago, if you were to split it out, it'd be a Fortune 500 company. So, you know, for us to sit here and be like, well, it's only 10% of their revenue, so... I mean, it still represents a huge, huge market. You know, obviously, as a one-man shop, I can't really consider developing a, a Mac app in, you know, as a separate project to to an iPhone app. But it does give me an awful lot of hope um, for when Marzipan does come here. I mean, the market that that's going to open up, um, 
again, I know it's only 10%, but that 10% of revenue represents a lot of people with a lot of Macs. Um, so yeah, I think it could be exciting times ahead. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot.com.